welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Yes, sir. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Like always, I'm your host, Joel, and with me, I got Kev. And we got a lot to talk about for the Heat, man. Um, So, really, it's been kind of crazy. I know we're only three games into this post-All-Star break stretch, but, man, I can't even lie with y'all. Those first two games against Milwaukee and Philly, I mean, no, Milwaukee and um Charlotte, I don't even know how to explain it. Now, I don't want to be too negative because we are coming off of a good win against Philly, but we do have to talk about these first two games first because we went and we faced Milwaukee, and there was a lot of excitement for that game because we were going to see Kevin Love and Cody Zeller make their debuts for the Heat. And while it was going to be fun to see that, the game itself was not something that I personally wanted to watch. Now, the Heat ended up getting blown out in that game. I think they lost by 29. But at the same time, I tried not to get upset too much about that game because I remember hearing at one point um, from our own announcers that apparently the Bucks were shooting like 62% from the field. So when you're looking at a team like Milwaukee, who's just having that night where everything is going their way and they're just making whatever shot they put up, like, it's just one of those games where you just have to live with it because they're just having a great night on the offensive end. So, you know, it is what it is with that game. But we go play against Charlotte, a team that's completely different since the last time we faced them. We faced them. You know, they don't have Miles Plumlee. They're continuing that tank job by trading him to the Clippers. And despite all of that, Miami still finds a way to lose this game. They were down by like 20-something points in the second quarter. And then while they did eventually come back, they still found a way to fumble it. And I just completely lost it, man. I think I went on like a five-minute rant on one of the recent videos we dropped on the Heat vs. the World YouTube channel. But overall, it was just such a tough thing to see because you're trying to root for this team even after they didn't make a trade at the deadline. And then you're trying to still find the strength to root for them because they go out and they get some new pieces like a Kevin Love and like a Cody Zeller. And everything just falls apart by, you know, losing games like this that they shouldn't be losing. Because if you like your team and if you believe that you have a chance to compete for a championship, there's no excuses for why you should be losing to a team that's literally trying to lose. Like, I bet the Charlotte front office were probably pissed that they won that game because they're probably thinking, oh, so now our chances of getting Wembanyama is probably lower because of that win. So overall, it was just such a tough thing to see. And I know, like, Kevin, you're one of the more optimistic ones we got on this show. So I just want to know, like, how do you make sense of these two L's that we had to go through, man? Yeah, that Milwaukee one was, like you said, they they shot the, the lights off the rock. Um, they were they – were, they shot almost 50% from the field, 41% from the three-point line. They out they out rebounded us, excuse me, by twelve. Like 
they just they honestly just dominated us. Giannis left the game early and all. So I really couldn't do anything about that. We couldn't do anything about that one, especially the way we were playing offense and we struggled with offense for forever now. So we should be used to that. But they just completely dominated us. What that is what it is. That Charlotte one, like you said, was super frustrating just because it's the Hornets and they're literally intentionally trying to lose games because they're going to forever be thinking about the future and not right now in the present. And so for that one, it was just, man, watching that, I was, I was, I was like you, man, I was just bothered because it just felt like the effort wasn't even there. Like defensively, it just felt like it was so many different breakdowns and miscommunications. Spo kept burning all of his timeouts and they were, they just felt like they were just cruising, you know, and, offensively we got good looks but we just weren't hitting nobody was hitting tyler hero wasn't here hitting k love wasn't hitting Struess has been struggling all season like just nobody could find a rhythm J- even jimmy was struggling too which is a rarity but we just could not put the ball in the basket at all and that was just an ugly game and like you said we tried we came back and we still fumbled and, and losses like that are really going to come back to bite us in the butt at the end of the season so they were both tough. Uh, the Milwaukee one wasn't as frustrating as the one in Charlotte just because, again, like Milwaukee still knows how to play high-level basketball even without Giannis being on the floor. Charlotte doesn't even care about basketball, especially, too, because Mark Williams was dominating. And Mark Williams is a good player. I don't want to make it seem like he's a scrub by any means, but he was like he was looking like Hakeem Olajuwon out there against us, and that was just something that I never thought I would say about the Heat. but. Oh, no. I mean, I'm not even going to say it is what it is because it should not have happened. We should have went one and two in that stretch, but it happened. Now we got to we got to try and write the ship. Right. And it's just so frustrating because I was sitting here just wondering, like, you know, when are we going to hop up to that five seed? But because we went on this losing streak, it's like we don't even know if it's a possibility because in my mind, I've personally feel like we're going to eventually overtake Brooklyn because you look at these games that they've been playing in, like they were literally down, I think, 63 to 29 against Chicago the other night. And we know how bad Chicago is as a team, even though we actually lost to them twice this year as well. But overall, like now the Heat is in this situation where they're in the seventh seed and they're like three games behind the sixth seed, which is um, Brooklyn. So I look at all this, and it's kind of tough. I mean, there's still a lot of time left, of course, but it's so stressful because it's like now you're in the situation where you keep putting yourself in a place where you're just going to continue fumbling these types of games, games that you should be winning. And, you know, and the only reason why I'm mentioning is because you said it yourself, like, these are the types of L's that are going to bite you in the butt because, you know, you talk about the L against Charlotte, two L's against Charlotte to be exact. And then you look at the other teams that are literally nowhere near the playoff picture that this team has lost to, you know, whether if it's losing to Detroit by 20 or losing to some of these other teams that, you know, don't even belong in the playoffs. And we're out here just continuing to fumble games against teams like them. And I don't want to keep it too negative because we are coming off of a win, but it's just tough because we really want to see this team compete. And 
most importantly, I just don't want it to be like 2021 where we got to go face a really good team in the first round. Because if it ends up being that type of scenario where we're playing freaking Boston or Milwaukee in the first round, like, I'm going to lose it, man. Like, I just cannot, I just cannot deal with that. Like, if y'all want to give us someone like Philly or Cleveland, I don't care. But I just do not want to face the freaking Celtics or the Bucks in the first round because we just want to keep fumbling these games. You feel me? Man, it's just – it's frustrating, man, because it's like, again, I don't think anybody thinks that we're – I mean, probably some people think we're a terrible team right now, but – it's just like it, sometimes I just feel like a lack of fight and effort, and we all know that's never ever been the case with the Miami Heat because that's one thing we're always gonna do is be battle tested and be ready to go and never fold and never quit and all that good stuff. But a lot of these losses, just like man, it's just like it's no. It feel like it's no effort, it's no heart, it's nobody that feels like like they're trying to demand the best out of each other outside of maybe Jimmy and Bam and UD, but. I don't know, man. A lot of these losses have just been unacceptable. I seen UD came out and said today that this is a nightmare. He 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 can't even go to sleep at night sometimes because he didn't expect his last season to be like this. And I honestly completely understand him. He probably shouldn't have said it out in the public, but I mean, I'm not mad that he did whatsoever. But I don't know, man. It's it's only so many games left. A handful of games left. Like eventually, you gotta you gotta hit that switch. And if if you don't, it could cost you. So. We'll see how how it pans out from here, though. Right. And, you know, one thing that I like to say, now you have Jimmy trying to motivate the team. You know, he went out and he said, I'm tired of losing. Most people heard of it because they were like, oh, shoot, now he's going to request a trade, get your um, jersey swaps ready or whatever. But, you know, for me as a Heat fan, I mean, there's two ways you can look at it as a fan of this team. You can look at it and be scared thinking that something is going to happen where this dude eventually leaves Miami. Personally, I don't think he will leave anytime soon. Um, So I looked at it at another way, and it's that this man is trying to say whatever he can to, you know, help this team out and help motivate them into the fact that we are supposed to be competing for a championship. And, yeah, you know, we don't have the most ideal roster yeah, we might have seven undrafted players, but there's no reason why we still can't give it our very best, you know, because this was still a squad. I mean, since we ran it back, this is still mostly the same squad that made it to the conference finals. And I'm not saying they're going to make it as far, but I'm still saying they should still be able to have at least somewhat success. And that involves being able to be a team like the Charlotte Hornets. But you know, overall, bouncing back from that Hornets game, you know, they go into Philly last night and they get the dub. And I, I don't want to say anything just yet. I'm not saying they're going to turn the corner because that's a phrase that I've used so much throughout the season, thinking that things were finally going to change for the Heat, only for them to go on like another two or three game losing streak. So I don't want to jinx them in any way possible. But last night was an encouraging sign for the Heat beating a team like Philly, and it seems like their, what's it called, schedule will only continue to be testing because we'll talk about this later on in the show, but you're going to be playing Philly again, and then you're going to be playing a team like New York, a team that you will have to compete with, you know, if you want to get that five seed. So 
I just want to know, like, what's your thoughts about this game against Philly and how encouraged do you feel, Kev, when you when you look at this win for the Heat? Like, do you feel much about it or do you feel nada? Because, you know, obviously this isn't the first time the Heat has had a win against a really good team. But knowing this team throughout the season, you know, we know that this is a this is a squad that would go out and be a really good team, but then continue continue to lose. So are you happy about this win? Do you feel encouraged or is it like, nah, you know, not too much? Like what, how, what's on your mind? I'm 50-50 because I do think the, the saving grace for me is that Jimmy Butler can, out of anybody on this team, we know Jimmy Butler can flip that switch, especially come playoff time, right? He came out last game, said he was tired of losing before last night. He came out, said he was tired of losing, and he comes out, and he drops 23 points, 9 assists, and 11 rebounds. And he was hooping on top of four steals, too. So you know Jimmy can tap into that mode whenever. The concern, though, is that the dude that they love to call Boy Wonder shot 3 of 13 on 2 of 9 from the three-point line for eight total points. So it all of this, to me, is just telling me that this is still the same – of course, same team from last year with minus PJ. Um, luckily, we shot 40% from the three-point line. Like, as I said earlier in, in the last pod, like, if we can just get Max Struess's confidence back in the slightest, that helps out everything for everybody because Spo is clearly doesn't really care about Duncan Robinson anymore. It is what it is. Struess had three, three threes in this game. If he can just give us that consistently, that's all I'm asking. Not even three. Just give us two. That's, if you can just give me two, that's fine. Three should be the, the bar for him, but I'll live with two because that is what it is. Another thing, too, is that, you know, Depot's coming back off of his injury. He has not looked good whatsoever for the most part offensively. Defensively, he's still doing his thing, but I think he can and should, you know, the more games he plays should be more than capable of getting back into his offensive groove. So that's a, a, a bright spot that I'm looking forward to, too. Um and so with this game, like, I like it because we didn't fold. And in crunch time, even though we, we had a stretch where we struggled, like, for the last couple minutes, and then Jimmy hit that big reverse layup to hit the game winner. But I don't know, man. Like, Bam made a huge play by blocking Embiid. I, I love that. Don't get it twisted. But the fact that Spo took out T-Hero was and should be a major concern for all Heat fans because – that, that just can't happen. With the amount of money he's about to get paid, because I'm pretty sure his extension doesn't kick in until next year, it's not acceptable. Like, you you just can't afford that. And that showed me that Spo was just fed up with him. I'll be honest, because Spo has played him in that same position a million different times throughout the course of his career. And he probably hasn't been bothered before, but last night you could just sense that he felt fed up. And he literally just said, forget it. If you're not going to guard – I'm not putting you in the game. And that's I feel like that's how Spo has always been, but he's given Tyler a little bit of a longer leash. So I don't know, man. Like I said, to me, it just it looked like almost every playoff game we had last year, where Jimmy, for the most part, carried, kept us in the game single handedly. We got some good contributions from a couple other guys like Cody Zeller, like Kevin Love, like Oladipo. Caleb Martin was pretty solid off the bench too, and everybody else kind of struggled. Bam. Struggled shooting the ball. He was still good defensively, but he did hit a couple of tough shots um, in crunch time. Um, even though I'd like to see him try and get to the paint more, 
I know Embiid is kind of a, a matchup problem for him because Embiid is a much larger human being than him. But, you know, in other games, I want to see him not settle for shots so much. I want to see him actually, you know, emphasize his strength and physicality. Like, Bam is strong as hell. I don't want to see him continuously fade away and settle for mid-range shots. I know he works hard on the other end, so he, he could be a little bit tired, but he got to assert himself a little bit more when it comes to just trying to get not even just to the basket, but just trying to get to the free throw line a little bit more. So I'll take it again. You should We should take any wins, how we can get them at this point in time. But the recipe is still there, man. It's the same thing. Jimmy carried, kept us in the game by himself, and everybody else just kind of made little contributions here and there. I will say, though, that the defense did look, as a team, the defense did look a lot better. I, I will give them that. So that – but that should be a given now, like, you have Eric Spolster. You have a whole bunch of really good individual defenders. That should be a given. So that 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 was a good part for me, too. I'll take that. And Gabe Vincent played well as well. So I'll take the win how I can get him, man. Right. And, you know, you brought up a really good point. Like, I wasn't even thinking about it with Tyler because, you know what? Like, to have a guy like him, you know, a guy that's going to be making mad money really soon, not on the floor for some important possessions, like – like you mentioned, that's such a concern because we're all trying to see this man develop into something more, especially come playoff time, because we all know what's the case with Tyler. Like, this man can go out and he can do whatever. He can give you 20-something points per game in the regular season. That's cool. But, you know, we all know that we really need him for the moments that matter, you know. And the fact that Spo didn't feel comfortable enough to put him in that game when we really – we probably could have needed that bucket getter that we hoped he could be. The fact that we couldn't put him in for a situation like that, it honestly – concerns not only as you said all of us but it makes you wonder like could we just be getting ready for another playoff disappointment and I really hope not because like and we were talking about this before we started recording like the hope is is that Tyler can come out and he can give you like 20 some points per game or whatever come playoff time because we need him to take on that type of role that Goran Dragic had back in 2020 for the Heat when he was out here scoring like crazy while you had a guy like Jimmy doing his thing and all the other guys, you know, playing hoops. So the fact that we don't know yet if Tyler is going to be capable of doing it, it kind of makes it uneasy for me because you want to see some sort of signs that he's going to be that type of guy. And I mean, it's tough because I was looking into the season thinking that maybe we'd see Tyler improve, especially when it comes to these types of moments. Because one thing that's for sure is that you don't have to worry about getting traded now, at least not until this upcoming offseason, because you got the contract, you didn't get traded for Donovan Mitchell, we don't know if another well will be available anytime soon. Like, this is your time to shine, you know? Like, this is your time to go out there and show the world what you are capable of doing. Because you don't have to worry about these trade rumors. You don't have to worry about anything. Like, this is the first time in probably his whole career where he can honestly say that he could go through a whole trade deadline without having to hear his name in any trade rumor whatsoever. So you're in this situation where you can relax. You don't got to worry about none of that. But we're still not seeing what we need to see from you, despite the fact that you got the bag, despite the fact that the Heat are putting all of their trust into you. So I don't know, man. 
I'm really hoping for the best. I'm really hoping for the best case scenario with all of our players because we're going to need all, all of our guys on deck if we're going to find a way to some way, somehow win a championship because at the end of the day, Lord knows that I'm still going to ride with this team, even if it's going to be bad for my mental health. So with that all being said, man, like I just hope that Tyler can bounce back from this, but I don't know. We're less than we're about like what twenty games away from the playoffs, and we're seeing this now. So I don't know. I don't want to be pessimistic about it, but man, I don't know. I it's a good thing you brought it up though, because I wasn't even thinking about that since now. So, but aside from that, like we talked about Tyler, and I know a lot of people have been concerned lately about Bam. Now, Bam was able to hit a couple of big shots, you know, during last night's game, as we mentioned. But, you know, there was concerns that, you know, he didn't have really that good of a game, you know, when you look back at his performances lately, especially in that game against Charlotte. You know, like you mentioned, um, what what's the guy's name again? Um, Mark Williams, is it? Yep. Like, people were bringing that up. Like, you're going up against a rookie center, and you're, yet you're still somewhat struggling against him. So, for me personally, I'll say this. My whole thing with Bam and why I don't really, you know, stress about him too much compared to a guy like Tyler is because at the end of the day, it's like, even if he's not playing good on offense, even if he's not hitting his shots, you still can rely on him for elite defense, you know? It's not that same case for Tyler, though, who, you know, if he's not making his shots, you know, he's not going to really provide you with much on defense. I mean, he'll have maybe a moment here and there, but it's not like Bam where he can consistently provide you with elite defense to keep this team together. So I don't know, man. Like, I, I would, it was definitely concerning to see, but... I've always been less of a Bam. I've, I've. How do I say this in the right way? I've never been too concerned with Bam, even when he doesn't have the best of games, because I always know you can rely on him to guard the best player on the opposing team. But even then, when you're the second best guy on this squad, like obviously you do need him to step up when it matters the most. So, like Kevin, what about you, man? Like when you look at these past couple of games, like. Are you beginning to get concerned about Bam, or is it like, yeah, he'll bounce back from it? Like, what do you think? I'm never worried about Bam, man. Um, even if to me, it's just it's just a, a rough shooting slump. Um, but it's it's like I kind of just said, man. I, he is a big bodied forward center, whatever you want to label him as. Attack the rim more, like again, like you don't have to for- necessarily force the issue because you're gonna get your looks regardless, but. He settles for so many mid-range shots, and people got to understand, like, that's the toughest shot in the game. And that's why Michael Jordan and R.P. Kobe Bryant are two of the greatest ever because they mastered that shot, and it's the most difficult, high degree of difficulty type shot. So it's not just, like, anybody's taking it. That's why Jimmy is a matchup problem for a lot of people. That's why Kawhi Leonard gets tough buckets. Like, it's not an easy shot whatsoever. And so for a guy like Bam, that's always kind of lacked that scoring skill set i want to see him do whatever it takes just to get easier looks man because that's what it comes down to and tyler is facing the same issues but the difference is that bam can actually get to the rim because he's just physically more built for it. so i think he'll be fine i'm not worried about him a lot of people think just because he's having tough shooting nights that he's having a bad overall game which is 
the furthest thing from the truth because he still does, like you said, clamps up. He does everything that we need him to do defensively every single mm-hmm. night. We, we never have to question his effort. We never have to question his heart, his toughness, none of that. Um, again, man, it just comes down to making life easier for himself on that end. The mid-range shot is hard. That little step back that he likes to take going towards the baseline, fading away, that's a tough shot. And he hits it. So I'm not going to sit here and say, like, he should never take it. I just think that if he could get a spin move, a right hook, a left hook, something like them easy shots that all the great post players have had, it makes life easier for him. And it's not it doesn't drain your energy as much either. So he can just, you know, make them little shots, man. I think he'll be fine. But I'm never worried about Bam. Bam is always going to be fine because one thing about him, he never gets too high or too low. He always stays the same. Whether that's a bad thing sometimes or not, I'm always going to rock with it. So I'm not worried about Bam whatsoever, man. Exactly. I mean, I couldn't have even said it better myself because, you know, one thing we both agree on is that, you know, he'll provide you with the elite defense and he's always going to be there for the squad. Like, that's the one guy where I don't have to worry about too much. Like, I know everyone was kind of looking at his performances lately and we're getting really worried. But at the same time, it's not like, you know, and I really don't want to continue comparing him to a guy like Tyler, but it's not like a guy like him where, you know, you have to be concerned because you don't know what he's going to do come playoff time or whatever. Like, we know Bam and we know what he's capable of doing. We've seen it in some of the biggest games possible. He was one of the main guys, aside from Jimmy, that stepped up in game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, had other games where he was able to do just the same. And he shows, like, this is really something, the Jimmy and Bam duo. And that's why sometimes I get so frustrated with this team because it's like people might not see it, but Jimmy and Bam are capable of winning a championship, you know? Like, those two are so good together. The problem is we're just not building a right team in front around them, you know? Like, we're out here signing all of these undrafted guys and stuff. But overall, man, that's just a combo for another day. But like like we both agreed on, there's really nothing to be concerned about with him. And with that all being said, since we can agree on that, I do want to go into this next topic real quick. But before I do, I just got to quickly um, share this word from our sponsors. Uh, NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app to go on it today, opt in, and place the same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back. And, you know, the Heat are going to be playing Philly tomorrow. Um, one thing for Philly is that one of their big difference makers isn't going to play tomorrow night, and that's going to be none other than Dwayne Dedman. So I don't know, man. That's a huge loss for them. So I think the Heat should take advantage of that, but we know how the squad does when the other team is missing their best players. So with Dwayne Dedman out, it's going to be close, but I'm going to ride with the Heat anyway. So that's my pick for tomorrow's game. So go put your money on the Heat. And download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. 
And that's basically about it from me. And now let's go into this next topic. And that's none other than the two new additions for the Heat and Kevin Love and Cody Zeller. So obviously, you know, as I mentioned earlier, heading into that Bucks game, there's been so much anticipation from what we could get from these two guys. Um, Kevin has been pretty good, to say the least. I mean, he hasn't been big from him. I mean, he hasn't exactly been playing like the old Kevin Love, but you're still getting whatever you could possibly get from him. You know, he's providing you the rebounds. He's providing you with scoring. And most importantly, he's our starting power forward, meaning that Caleb Martin can go back to being on the bench and being that backup small forward for Jimmy. So that's all that matters to me personally. All that aside, I'm happy with him. The guy I really want to talk about, though, is Cody Zeller because I I didn't know what to expect from him. I remember when we first signed this guy, I was unsure about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know. But the dude has played amazing. I mean, we were talking about, I know everyone on Twitter was like, this man literally looks like a 45-year-old chemistry teacher and everything. But the man has came out and he has been doing his thing, you know. He's been playing great minutes for the Heat. And I don't know if it's because Dwayne Dedman has been so bad that it's to the point where, when a backup center is actually good, like they can actually be serviceable. Like we're we're so blinded by the fact that we haven't seen a ser- a serviceable backup five that seeing a guy like Cody Zeller actually play solid minutes is making us so fascinated by him. But the dude has played great so far. And not only that, but you know, one of the highlights that really stood out to me was the fact that this man literally chased down him Embiid and was able to get the block on him and I don't know man I saw that and I immediately had to sit down because I was like what the hell just happened like that man actually went out and blocked the M well not MVP but one of the main MVP candidates of this league so it was just something crazy to see I mean I I literally joked about it I think I tweeted something on the Heat versus the World account saying that that was probably a better block than LeBron blocking Iguodala. Um, <laughs> but overall, man, I've I've been pleased by what I've seen from Cody Zeller. And like I said, Kevin Love, we, we knew what we were gonna expect from him. Obviously not, you know, all-star Kevin Love, but still, you know, the rebounding and everything else that we could possibly get from him has been pretty good. But I want to know from you, Kevin, like, how about you? Like, have you been pleased with their performances? Yeah, man, I can't complain about them at all, to be honest. Like, honestly, I think K-Love, the more he he plays, same thing with Zelda too, but especially K-Love, the more he plays, the more his shot is going to fall. I feel like he's going to learn how to pick and choose his spots better. He's going to know where his spots are going to come from between Jimmy and Bam and a couple other guys, so – especially, you know, hopefully with Kyle Lowry being integrated back into the lineup and trying to be better than what he's been. But I like it, you know, especially Caleb's outlet passes, just them little boost of of getting early shots in the shot clock does wonders for a team that struggles in the half court. So I love it personally. You mentioned the rebounding. He's been a beast. He's always been a beast going back to his Minnesota days where he was – it felt like he averaged like 12 rebounds a game at one point. So um, – I'll take it. Same thing with Cody Zeller, too. Like, people got to understand, like, you say he looks like a chemistry teacher, but for a majority of his career, he's been a starting big man in this league. So he's, he's gone up against all the top bigs you can possibly go up against. And so for him to come off the bench now 
and be a backup. He's probably going to be more hungry than ever, especially coming off an injury. You know what I'm saying? He was out the league, so he's only going to be hungry. So I, I like what we're getting from him, man. Hopefully, again, the more they play, the more they're going to get in more rhythm. They're going to get more comfortable with their teammates. And I mentioned it too, like him having that prior experience at Indiana with Oladipo in college should pay off heavily for that second unit. It should make life easier for the both of them. So I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Hopefully it continues. Um, and I'll take it how I can, man. So I'm, I'm not mad at either one of them personally. I couldn't agree more. And you know what? That's a good point you mentioned about the fact that Cody does have a lot of experience. I think the thing that probably concerned me was the fact that he was coming from an injury and this was a guy who wasn't bought out or anything, but was someone that essentially sat out for like most of the season so far. Cause I know that was one of the points that Anthony mentioned in our last pod. And that was something that kind of stood out to me, you know, because that was essentially the same situation that Dwayne Dedman was in before we signed him. So that was the thing that concerned me with Zeller. Like, are we actually going to get something from him? And luckily the dude has been playing good, you know, and I feel like, this is all just showing that Charlotte is really holding back a lot of their players. Like there's a lot of guys on that team who probably aren't playing at their best levels, but once you see them leave their system, they're probably going to be just fine. Like we're seeing that with Caleb Martin. I mean, I don't know much about what he did when he was in Charlotte, but we know that what we're seeing from in, from him in Miami is definitely much better than what we could have ever seen from him in a Hornets uniform. And we're seeing it with Cody Zeller too, hopefully. Like the man is only 29 years old. So the sky is the limit for him in a way where we could still see him put up some really good minutes for us and be that serviceable five that we just need, you know, because we, we went through hell with Dwayne Dedman. And as much as I love Orlando Robinson, we all knew that he still needed to work on a lot of things. So I'm just happy with the way how the man has been playing. And it's not like Deadman where if a game ever comes where Bam has to sit out, I won't feel like gouging my eyes out because I see Cody Zeller is in the starting lineup compared to having to hear the news that a guy like Deadman is in the starting lineup. But, you know, overall, I'm just pleased to see that the Heat made some sort of move and that the move has been paying off for us. So, I'm just happy that we're getting something from the guys that we've added to our teams. I know we all are. We were begging for the Heat to make a move. We got it. We got a guy like Kevin Love who's going out there, getting our rebounds, a guy that's actually above the height of six foot five and can play power forward, can do the scoring, can get, get you the rebounds. And while he's not the same Kevin Love, it's still something that you want to see, someone that can shoot the three and can do all that other good stuff for the Heat. And like you mentioned, um, Kev, like him hitting players with the outlet pass and everything, like I'm sure the one play that a lot of people was talking about was the one where he was able to throw that big pass to Tyler. And with all due respect to Kyle, I mean, Kyle will be trying those passes himself, but sometimes it'd be hitting the second or third row instead of the actual player he's trying to pass to. So at least the guy like Kevin is able to not only make that type of pass, but is able to make sure that pass gets to the player he's trying to give the ball to. But on the old jokes aside, though, I'm just happy we're getting something good from our players. So that's basically it from me. And 
I feel like we hit on so much that before we wrap it up, obviously we got to talk about Heat versus Philly round two. Wait, no, is it round two? Yeah, round two for these teams. And I just want to know, like, what's your expectations for the Heat going into this game? One thing I hate with Miami, well, not with Miami, but with the schedule specifically and something that the NBA has been doing is this thing where we have to play teams back to back because I feel like when you have to play a team a second time in a row, they're going to have the momentum. If, if they're coming off of a loss, they're going to have the momentum come that second game to play much better. So I'm not saying this means the Heat are going to lose or anything, but you just know Philly's going to have vengeance on their mind because they literally just lost just the other night to us, you know? So I'm expecting the Heat to have another good game. Hopefully everyone's beginning to mesh. Hopefully we can get something going because these next few games aren't exactly going to be easy, which is something I mentioned earlier. Because if you want to climb up in the standings, I mean, not only do you got to go out and beat Philly again tomorrow, but you then have that upcoming game against the Knicks, and then the schedule goes on. So because of all those L's we took earlier in the season, like you got to make up for it and try to overcome the odds that come with this schedule that we have right now. But, you know, all those other future games aside, like, what do you think about this game for the Heat? You know, Kyle Lowry is expected to be out for tomorrow, but, you know, eventually he will be back. But for Miami, what do you think they need to do to beat Philly the second time around? And do you think they'll get the job done and hopefully go on this two-game winning streak? Like, what do you think, Kevin? The biggest key, especially when you're playing a team on a back-to-back pretty much, or whatever you want to call it, is you got to be able to withstand that first punch that Philly's going to throw because you know more than likely Embiid's going to come out a little bit more aggressive. Same thing with Harden. You know, Tobias Harris had a terrible game last night. I don't know if he's injured or, or what. I didn't really see what came out of that, but I'm assuming he's going to play in this game. So you got to be able to take that first punch and counter punch because that's what's going to happen. Philly's going to come out. They're going to try their hardest to blow us out early in the game. And you, you have to be able to withstand that. So I'm hoping that you must get Tyler Hero and Bam involved early. That's my biggest key, too, outside of what I just said. Like, try and establish those two early, and that should free up looks for other guys like Max Strews, like Gabe Vincent, like Caleb Martin, and just work from there, man. So I'm hoping that we're going to get the win. I'm not necessarily too confident just because we just beat them in a close-ass game, but I'm going to say that we are going to win um, just because we need it in the worst way. So, um, yeah, man, we just got to build off what we did last night. Like, it can't just be all Jimmy. You can't just expect Jimmy to carry the offense on every single game. That's just not realistic for him. Um, and we, we need other guys to step up. I, I, I want – again, I just need one – even if it's not this game – I just need one game that gets Max Struess's confidence back in the right direction. The good thing I will say about that last game, though, was that we show that there is some type of resiliency within this team, so we know they're more than capable, you know? It's not like they're just going to bow out and quit and fold. So, again, man, they got to be able to take that first punch, react, and just play the game, man. Don't get too high, too low. Try and get Tyler Hero established. Try and get him some easy looks going towards the rim. Don't let him settle that much. And try and just contain and be. You can more than likely, you know, slow down James Harden a little bit more. But if you can make Embiid's life a little bit harder, that makes their offense harder. So 
I'm liking our chances. We just got to come immensely prepared and ready for another battle again because they're going to try and beat us, especially because we just beat them last night. So I'm going to take us for the win, though, man. Right. And, you know, like a quick thing to mention, you know, going back to what you said earlier, like one thing with the Heat is that, you know, what we saw from last night's game was the fact that they were able to come out and be clutch in a clutch situation, you know, and obviously that was mainly because of Jimmy, but, you know, you still got to, you know, give props to other players as well. The fact that they were able to, you know, keep it together and maintain composure when they're in a tough situation like that. And, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier, where they can continue to build off of it and maybe become better as a team as we get closer to the playoffs. But, you know, as you mentioned, like, hopefully if the Heat could just contain guys like Embiid and Harden, there's no reason why that they're not, they shouldn't be able to get the win. Also, I think another guy that they just got to keep an eye on is someone like Tyrese Maxey. You know, I do not want that guy to go off against us because I feel like every time he has a huge game against Miami, you immediately see the tweets pulling up about how we ended up drafting, Um, who was it, Precious at 20, I think we got. I don't know what draft yeah. we got, but we, we drafted Precious at 20, and then they ended up getting um Tyrese at whatever. So, yeah, I, I just can't deal with that. So, please, not only just watch him beat and Harden, but please, just so I don't got to deal with all the hate from the Sixers fans talking about how we missed out on Tyrese, just please keep an eye on him so that I can go to sleep at night without having to worry about him having a 30-point game or whatever he ended up having that one game against Miami last year where they were able to beat us without Embiid or Harden. So for the love of God, Miami, please watch Tyrese Maxey. Thank you very much. But aside from that, you know, we talked so much on today's episode. Is there anything that you want to say before we close it out, Kev? Give Jimmy Butler some goddamn help, man. Bam, too. Amen. Amen. Because you know what? When you mentioned Bam, too, I completely agree. But especially Jimmy Butler. Like, we still got the Jimmy Jansport Butler agenda going on. And, man, it's been thriving lately, especially in last night's game where he came up clutch with that circus shot. So I'm trying to see that man win a championship. I know the same thing goes for you as well, Kev. Get that man some help. Hopefully this team can pull up come playoff time. I know it's a wild scenario. We don't know if it will really come true, probably in the long shot. But come playoff time, just bowl out. I want the three-point shooting to be elite. I want everyone to play in their best forms. I don't care how unlikely that is. Just go out and do it and just get Jimmy the championship he deserves. The man was literally the best playoff performer all of last year. Do not let Jason Tatum and all that stuff with him texting Kobe fool you. Otherwise, Jimmy was the best and no one else. He deserves a championship. And by God, by God means, like, just do whatever you can to get him that ring. So I don't know, man. Hopefully they can get the job done. I'm hoping they can. So go out, like you said, get them some help and hopefully we'll be able to get the job done because Lord knows I will continue to be that optimist until the heat get eliminated. But aside from that, that's basically it for us. Um, Thank y'all so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow us on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. Uh, make sure to follow Kevin on Twitter at EasyMoneyKev7. 
Make sure to follow me at JoelKJacob underscore. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. We got a whole lot of content heading your way, so you don't want to miss it. And aside from that, man, that's basically it. Let's go Heat. Let's start winning more games. Let's climb up to that 4 or 5 seed if that's even possible. And let's try to win a championship. So aside from that, that's basically it from us. Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.